two questions for you mm-hmm. how did you like denver mm. and when are we going to move there oh my god denver was so nice and it was so amazing going there right before the start of fall um you know the leaves were like starting to change colors the weather although the weather was fairly hot very surprisingly hot um, are we talking 90s yeah it was like super dry and i didn't realize that denver apparently is one of the cities in New York in the States that gets the most sun. That was new to me. That's Mm. what Megan mentioned. But yeah, everyone there was so friendly. Weather was amazing. We ended up going to a concert at Red Rocks and even there, like love the fact that people just like posted up a few hours before the concert with their like chairs. They had camping gear out and they were just like having a whole picnic out there. The vibe was amazing. Well, it's like Coachella for adults. Coachella like adults, security let people just drink wine, you know, from the back of their car. I don't know. It was it was nice. What was one of your kind of most memorable experiences during that trip? I just loved how lush everything was. And then coming back to L.A. and just seeing like dry brushes or dry bushes everywhere. You know, it's just like being in nature, feeling so just connected to the earth. It was like very, very relaxing. Yeah. And I saw that you stopped by a crystal shop as well. We stopped by a crystal shop. It actually wasn't a crystal shop. It was a gift shop for all sorts of things. But I guess they're really big on the hippy dippy stuff out there too. So yeah, that's so up your alley. Mm -hmm. Felt a lot more grounded. That's nice. Yeah. I remember when you got back, I felt like I just had this like, gut feeling that there was going to be a series of conversations where we were like, we should look at moving to Denver because it seemed to have like opened up your soul, seeing all that, you know, vegetation and getting some sunlight. But weirdly out here in LA today, it's also a beautiful day. We went on a really nice walk with the dog, had some coffee, scoped out houses and just depressed that everything is so expensive. Yeah. Rare to get you away from the TV on a Sunday afternoon. Normally, well, you'd be glued watching the Jets. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't been a very good season for you guys. I watched about 30 minutes, and I was like, I'm not going to let this fucking team just mess up my day. So I just I hear just, a lot of grumbling in the other room. Like, yeah. yeah. That was um, that was a re- – I, I watched like the first quarter of the Jets-Patriots game, and they're just an awful team. So I'm just done with that Thanks. shit. So it's the end of the summer. Uh, we got to do a lot of really great hangout with some friends. Um, caught up with some old coworkers yesterday. Um, but one of our biggest highlights was uh, mm. a week ago, we mm-hmm. went to celebrate our one year anniversary at an amazing steakhouse called Arthur J's in Manhattan Beach. Uh, that was fucking amazing. And the service was so good. The service was really good. Like the little card they gave us from all of the employees signing it. Yeah. And just like from the moment we stepped into the door to when we left, everyone was just so pleasant and nice. I felt 
you know, well taken care of. You felt seen. I felt seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was actually funny too because I guess it was a popular spot for anniversaries because they seated us in a table right. where the all the adjacent tables in our row were all like couples that all had anniversaries. Celebrating, yeah. Yeah, so they all got cards too, which kind of took a little of the shine away. But they gave us free champagne. They did, yeah. But then they gave them all free champagne. Whatever. I mean, I'm good with free champagne. Yeah, it was good. Um, we split a tomahawk steak. They upsold us on like a more expensive version, but I think it was worth it. Um, so that was amazing. Uh, but it also concluded a 60 day health challenge that we had started um, two months ago. And it just so happened to coincide with uh, the end of it coincided with our one year anniversary. So that's why we went out to the steakhouse. Um, tell us a little bit about your 60 day challenge. So the 60 day challenge was us trying to eat healthy and kind of pick back our health. So the 60 day challenge was us trying to restart eating healthy, working out on a more consistent basis. And it really stemmed from us doing a lot of indulging in the beginning of summer. We had a string of different travel plans, you know, being out of town and just eating whatever. And we got to a point after the series of travel plans where we're just like complaining all the time. Like, you know, why are we doing all these things and not seeing any results? Um, A lot of should, should, should. And I think we just wanted to take life by the balls and just do something about it. Damn, graphic language. All right. So let's let's get into it. Yeah, I remember when we first decided to do the the challenge, it was really loose in definition. We had no idea what it meant, um, but we were sitting on the couch of the living room and, you know, like D especially, you work out, you work out a lot. Um, we also meal prep, so sometimes the food during the week can be very like chicken and broccoli type of vibes. And so I think there was this like idea in our heads that, we should be approaching like physical aesthetics, like goals that, um, you know, we, we always have, like, we want to look good, um, you know, in a bathing suit or like, we want to look like we work out. And I think there was this moment two months ago where I think it was you, you were like kind of complaining. You're like, why is it that, you know, why am I not there yet? Why do I still have this? Like, belly fat let's say whoa i'm just saying hypothetically hypothetically damn bro putting me on blast but it like occurred to me in that moment that we're doing nothing to actually adhere to these we're just kind of like winging it day by day and i got really sick and tired of the complaining because uh, i have those same complaints in my own head i'm just like looking in the mirror like what the hell is going on with this bro like you need to you need to dial it in and so we set like an arbitrary end date for 60 days to be like, how consistently can we stay on track? Whatever that means. Like, I don't even think we had specific we're very parameters. Loose, we're which very we'll loose. kind of go into why the 60 day challenge ended up not being what we thought. Yes. But like, how did we track it? So we used a whiteboard and. So tech. <laughs> we created a calendar and we marked a green check mark if we did a good job and a big fat red X if we didn't. Yeah. And so it was like a loose thing. Did we do a good job today? Exactly. So some days. Um, I mean, it was just gut based off of our gut instinct. We're like, ah, today was like kind of good. good. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, another thing that kind of like messed things up is like we didn't have separate calendars. We had one joint yeah, calendar. So that was confusing. So we had to like, we only put a green check mark if both of us adhered. And so it became kind of hard when like she was traveling. Yeah. And so. Also, I made a mistake of not doing it seven days in a row. It was like, it was 10 days yeah, it was in a like single a, row. It was a really that weird. That was confusing because I had to like count multiple times. Dude, the grid that she drew was like a 10 not by effective. 10. It was very strange. Yeah. We kept losing track. Anyway. It was um, a way for us to see if we can be consistent. Um, we didn't really have a lot of specific parameters around it. And then it ended with us having our one year anniversary at a steakhouse. And we really enjoyed that meal. Yeah. Was it deserving, though? Um, I felt like I definitely didn't deserve it. Yeah. Same. But we had already made the reservation <laughs> and put the credit card down. So I was gonna, I was going to go do it. Yeah. Anyway. Same. same. Um, but maybe like taking a step back from the actual challenge itself, you know, I think like it, we didn't, it didn't take a lot of convincing for you to do the 60 day challenge with me. Why is it that it was so easy for you to like, think about this and prioritize it, even if we didn't you know, stick to it the way that we had envisioned? Like why is, what is it about like health and fitness for you? I feel like for both you and I, we've always, been interested in health and fitness, whether we prioritized it or not. Um, at least for me, like my health and fitness journey is, I, I definitely was not into eating clean or going to the gym every day type of person growing up. Like I didn't have great examples. And honestly, it wasn't even in vogue then, right? Like it was about eating junk food. We grew up in an era where Instagram was coming up. So foodie culture was everything. Just like always going out and eating, taking a photo of it. Especially in the Bay. Especially in the Bay. Um, I There are multiple times gra after I graduated from college, I would cut a gym membership and would go like maybe 10 times a year. Like maybe go during the peak seasons right when January 1 hits. And then like by the midpoint of the year, I'm like, this is a waste, you know. But you cut it for the entire year. So it is what it is. Um, I just don't think I found anything that I enjoyed. Like, I thought going to the gym was going on a treadmill. Like, I, I didn't even look at the weights, you know? I'm just like, oh, yeah, the elliptical. And then you're starving after the gym. You meet up with friends, eat brunch, and, you know, it's a vicious cycle over and over again. Right, right. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. I think it's, it was a probably a little different for guys because, you know, bro lifting culture was pretty prevalent when I was in college. So I would be lifting weights with, you know, my good buddies. But I think aside from, you know, our homie Brian, who was like a weird, you know, ahead of his time in terms of the way that he would self-prepare all of his food, like eat within like really great macros and got really good results. For most of us, like we would go lift weights and then go get cheeseburgers after and then go late night drinking and then get tacos after that. So definitely was just like, fucking around a bit but i started to get really interested in it after i moved back to la um i got the itch from being able to do my own cooking because i've always been really food motivated and i've always felt a lot of guilt when i indulged and so if there was a way for me to have both um eat in a way that i can kind of ladder up to fitness goals um, get a certain type of like aesthetic that I wanted while also grubbing out and enjoying the food mm -hmm. that I had. 
that was like a really interesting challenge for me. And so I remember when we first started working together, actually, when we first met, we, we met at work. She would see me in the kitchen. I would have like six Tupperwares with me filled with like, I don't know, like chicken, Quarter. broccoli, <laughs> yeah, like protein powders and stuff. And uh, just waiting in the kitchen, waiting for you to come by and talk to me, which you never did. Yeah, nah. You would just like get your coffee and just like run out. Like, this dude is strange. So when do you think you started prioritizing health and fitness more? Because like we've had little spurts of moments where it's like, oh, like we're going to Vegas. So everybody like crash diet yeah. or, you know, some festival or whatever. I feel like we've kind of been on this trajectory of putting, you know, our workouts and diets more as a priority, like as a must have. When did that kick in for you? I think in recent memory, it was during the pandemic. Uh, the obvious health anxieties aside, which was definitely on my mind, uh, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, when I was cooped up, uh, I kind of like lost myself in my worst habits. I was doing a lot of frozen taquitos, uh, playing video games, drinking pretty much daily. And like happy hour every day because we didn't know where the world was going to go. Yeah. And then happy hour would like start <laughs> earlier and earlier in the day. Yeah. It's like mm, 12. Yeah. Be like after lunch. I'm like, oh, it's already it's already Wednesday. Um, and that's also when White Claws oh, like yeah. were introduced too. sure. I feel like those were just so easy to pop open and just have a little sippy sip. Oh, man, I would take down like four or five in a row. So it was like during that period where I could see I knew in my internal clock so to speak, that I was going down the wrong direction physically and health wise. And I would see it crop up in a lot of different ways. Like, you know, superficially, like skin would be terrible, like really oily and stuff. But uh, because I was like sitting down and just like either working or gaming, you know, eating shit food, uh, I started to get a lot of like back issues. And then ultimately, you know, uh, once we moved in together and I had this like constant presence with me, I felt like judged self-conscious. I felt extremely self-conscious that like I was doubling down on like really indulgent habits when I knew that's not what I should be doing. And I think that's something that a lot of people can probably relate to. It's like you're living your life in this certain way and there is an ideal that you want to pursue, but you know, you're like diverging from that ideal you know, progressively. And so that was just something that I knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to revert. Mm -hmm. And then for us, when we started living together, um, I met somebody like-minded who shared a lot of those interests and it made it a lot easier to like start building up a program or a system uh, to follow. What about you? When, when did you start to really prioritize it? I feel like for me, it was around the time we met like 2015 ish. There were people in my vicinity that made an, a positive impression on me about like working out. I remember I had a coworker. She would always work out before work. Um, she had a personal trainer and I guess just seeing that I was like, oh, wow, like that's such a good example. Like I want to be like that. And then I also had another coworker after that company who would basically be at the gym starting like six in the morning. And by the time it was nine and we were in the office, he had a full day and I was just like blurry eyed, like just showing up, rolling into work. And so seeing how there were certain people who were maximizing their lives, it made me think like, I also want to be like that. Like I want to live the best version of my life. And so they kind of, 
I guess I'm a very impressionable person. <laughs> you get inspired. Yeah, easily inspired. So they kind of kicked that. And then I think when I started the Pilates teacher training, something switched in my brain from being like a... It made me think my think of myself as a healthy person mm, versus like an individual doing healthy things. Trying to do. Yeah. So like my identity started sinking more into like, oh, I, I am a healthy individual. Interesting. Yeah. So like you started to identify with this lifestyle versus feeling like somebody who's like constantly trying to do it or pursuing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it really kind of came from finding something that I enjoy doing consistently, getting brainwashed in a positive way from the other teachers, other coworkers around me that kind of just led to kind of repetition. Nice. Nice. And I would also say for the both of us, there's some vanity involved, right? Like we want to look like we work out vanity for sure. Um, but also just culturally, I think we were also seeing a trend of like working out, being fit, being considered as like a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something that's cropped up more in the last couple of years. Uh, I am also seeing a lot of stuff on IG and social where there's like high school kids and they look like fucking like swole. stacked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, Jesus, like you guys have barely hit puberty. I know. Um, uh, something I also heard a lot too, and this is like going off topic a bit, is like I guess steroids are becoming a lot more popular because of that, because mm. people on social media are starting to really d like prioritize yeah. the fitness, you know, kind of content, and so people are chasing that aesthetic, and so I guess kids Dude, are that's taking. That's crazy. I know, um, but that aside, okay, so we both sort of individually had these interests um, when we started living together and after we got married. Uh, how did you see sort of like our union reflecting those shared interests? I mean, it's been nice because this is an area you and I are both interested in. And so all of the content we consume, it's like around health and fitness, cooking videos, different challenges, um, the, the health realm podcast that we listen to. So we're always like sharing tidbits back and forth we share different like workout routines that we find and kind of like build our own, like Frankenstein it based on what we want. So it's been easy to step into it and continue in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too. Cause like we both listen to our own set of fitness content creators, but like they each have different focuses. Like I feel for you, it's different from what I get attracted to like i'm looking at it's like a lot of like bodybuilders like bro science yeah but like they're like debunking bro science mm. they're like oh this is like what a bro would do but like actually according to the research you should do x y and z and i'm mm -hmm. like oh that's pretty fucking interesting um and also food like i love like meal prepping content videos because uh, it just gives me a lot of ideas mm -hmm. for how to get you know have my cake and eat it too i feel like you get really interested in like Definitely not the food aspect. Yeah. Like I have no interest in that part. I love fridge tours. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what fridge tours are is fitness influencers. They'll open up their fridge and talk about all the different things that they purchase, how they organize their fridge. 
So I like watching that. But you just like, like it for fitness the fitness and organizational. Organizational yeah. component of it. But it's also interesting seeing the types of brands that they buy and stock their fridge with. Um, love watching things like, hey, I've done Pilates for 30 days. This is the net result of my body, blah, blah, blah. Uh, transformations. Yeah, like those types of things. Yeah. And then I guess also, you know, we got married a year ago. So in the lead up to the wedding, there was a bit of like a prolonged sprint towards this event where we knew we had a goal in mind. We knew we had an end date. Mm -hmm. We had to be in front of a bunch of people and we had bought clothes that, you know, were tightly fitted. So we wanted to make sure to stay on track. Um, So that was something that we did together that helped solidify this like shared interest of ours. Uh, But then, you know, what happens after the wedding? I guess that's where we're at right now. Exactly. Um, And also, you know, you and I are both extremely competitive. With each other. With each other. Yeah. Uh, So even during the 60-day challenge, I try to get Eddie to cheat because there was a day that I kind of overindulged. So it was like tempting him. (laughs) Yeah. And then like sometimes she would be ready to put a green check mark. And I was like, well, how many calories did you have? Because I saw you, I saw you go to the fridge a lot, you know, I don't know if the math checks out. Okay. So, uh, we did the 60 day challenge. We got to celebrate afterwards. Uh, we had all these good intentions. How would you say we did? Not too well. Um, I mean, you know, it was good that we decided to do a challenge like for the lack of better word, challenge ourselves. But the problem was that we didn't really have rules around how we were going to approach it. It was just, hey, 60 days of eating clean and working out. And it wasn't like, how many calories are we going to eat? Like, what does a workout actually mean? Like, is it just stepping out and going on a walk? Does that consist of a workout or is it actually like pumping iron? And so when we were at the end of each day deciding to put a check mark or an X, it, re- it was really off of feeling. Like we mentioned earlier in the pod, like, kind of think we did a good job so maybe we give ourselves a check mark we weren't tracking our food very well either and so it, it just ended up being very subjective yeah i agree and even with that subjectivity with how we graded each of our days we still didn't really have a good ratio no like a like wh- little over 50 yeah so that means like one out of every two days we were on and then even by our loose estimation one out of every two days we were off. And I think some of it came about with, um, we would apply like a really restrictive approach. So like, I think some of our homies, they might've noticed this, I don't know, but like sometimes we just be turning them down, you know, when they're like, you want to grab lunch? Because we're like, it's going to be hard for us to stay within, you know, whatever macros or calorie count that we were trying to hold ourselves to if we eat out. And also there is this like mentality that if you eat out, that's, bad Mm -hmm. and if you eat at home it's good and so we had this like really restrictive approach that would rebound on us because we would be feeling really restricted and then at home we would like cheat the hell out of ourselves and we would snack like crazy yeah and what was interesting was it's not that we had junk food lying around and so we were eating bags of chips but we would be eating a lot of healthy things that would take us to um like over a calorie amount. Yeah. Were they always healthy? I saw you make a lot of quesadillas. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot about those quesadillas. <laughs> <laughs> there was a period where I was like really into quesadillas. <laughs> but yeah, no bueno, my friend. But she eats them like a psychopath. Like I always have to toast my tortillas for my quesadillas. But she puts them in Lazy the microwave. Girl. 
and so good it's disgusting the melted cheese mm. that's gross yum 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 okay so we wrapped up this challenge uh we had good intentions by our most honest estimation we didn't really do that good of a job for various reasons so uh what are some of the things that we learned uh after going through all of this i think the biggest thing is we need a better framework of a challenge so what better way to do it again by kicking off another challenge? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Goals. Yeah. So, okay. Um, on our refrigerator right now, we have two, we have separate calendars now, um, two calendars, one for each of us, and it maps out the next 70 days. Right uh, up until Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So we can just stuff our faces. So that was the reason why we picked that period of time. Yes. Okay. So 70 days. Um, we want to apply a better approach mm -hmm. across a lot of different dimensions. Um, so you mentioned we need a system, we need a framework. Uh, what are some of the things that like we should be doing? Yeah, so we've got five in front of us, some of the key things that we learned, but I think the first thing that's the most important is we've got to find something that we can do with consistency, whether it's like a diet that works, um, the, a diet that we can keep versus just eating salads for every single meal. Um, and same with workouts too. Like we need to find something that we enjoy that will get us excited to go in the mornings versus the stereotypical, oh, I need to do this type of workout because I've seen this person do it on Instagram. So I'm going to copy them. Yeah. I think it's such an important point because we think of even though we're, we just did a 60 day challenge and we're about to do a 70 day challenge. So it sounds like we're doing these like time boxed sprints, but in reality, what we're trying to do is find a combination of, uh, approaches that allows us to sustain over time. And I think that's that like consistency, um, that consistency outcome that we're looking for that we can only achieve by doing something that we, we want to do, like we'd like to do. So for instance, like, diet i know you mentioned like the salad thing that's probably what you thought healthy eating was back yeah. in college um or eating food that is very bland yeah and thinking like oh by eating a series of this then of course i'm going to become skinny but that's not the case so what we've been doing during you know the couple of days that we've done the 70 day challenge we're finding creative ways to take like turkey and make it into mapo tofu or the you know not we don't obviously want to eat chicken breasts all the time on top of salads so we're finding ways to put it in an instant pot make like a really good chili out of it and eat it with like veggies on the side yeah that's been a big thing for me uh, especially when it comes to the food stuff because that's my responsibility is like lazy boy cooking but also with good macros that still taste good and so um some of it really does kind of boil down to if you don't have like a predisposition around wanting to be interested in this stuff like getting a little bit more educated or inspired by finding stuff online that will help you uh, with ideas so for instance like one of our you know previous episodes was about hobbies and getting more into them and kind of leaning into them. And so for one of those things, it was cooking for me. I love cooking and I love eating, but at that point in time, I just wasn't doing a lot of it. And so one thing I did to kind of counter that is just to like immerse myself a little bit more and do a little more experimentation with the goal of 
whipping up meals that we can make in bulk that taste good that are like macro friendly and so there are some really great youtube channels like the meal prep manual this dude who does exactly that it's like lazy boy cooking uh for you to like get your macros in and like build out five to ten meals and then um i think with working out too like most people think of it as going to the gym probably or that you have to do something yeah running orange theory or f45 and if that is what suits you then do it but there are a myriad of other you know activities to get movement down uh, that each of us individually really loves that you might feel will help sustain you when it is those like difficult times to either get out of bed or you know go after work like for you what would one of those things be aside from weightlifting i would say yoga pilates yeah yeah, for me, it would probably be jujitsu or basketball mm-hmm. uh, or even, you know, today we took a long walk in a in a neighborhood that's close by our place. And it was awesome, you know, getting sun, getting some movement, um, going up and down the hills, like having some conversation. It doesn't always have to be this like strenuous thing. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so the next one, do you want to cover that? Yeah. So, you know, another thing that we learned or at least I especially learned is the importance of setting up your day uh, the night before. I think what I mean by that is like a nighttime routine. So uh, I know at least for you, this is something that really bugged me out when we first started living together. And I think people get shocked about this too, is you really love waking up at like 5 a.m., doing your morning routine coffee everyone looks at me really strangely when they find out that i wake up at five yeah and i think what's funny about it is like not to you know like smell our own farts or anything but it's like you weren't always like that no you're not a morning person nope i am not a morning person like i love i'm totally a night owl but one of the things that helped you transition into having more time in the morning to allow you to get everything done that you originally planned on doing, whether it's going to the gym or like meal prepping or et cetera, uh, has to do with what happens at night. Like what are some of the things that you do the night before to help prepare you uh, to get everything done that you want to do? Yeah. I mean, it sounds so easy, but even just like heading to bed earlier and just being in bed, it at least for me, like I, my mind already gets into the zone of, oh, I'm, I'm going to be having to go to sleep. Like if you're in your PJs, your teeth are already brushed, you're not going to go into the refrigerator and get a snack because you don't want to re-brush your teeth. So for me, it's just going into the bedroom at a certain time. And after a while, like putting DND on my phone, that's just automated so that by like 930, that's already set. So I don't get notifications. I mean, during the 70 70 day challenge, I've taken it a step further and there's a focus time or screen time setting on your phone where you can actually disable you going into apps after a certain time period. So for me, it's like 10 to seven in the morning, certain apps are blocked and I have to manually say, ignore this alert. I actually want to open up this social media app or whatever, like email app. Um, so there's ways that I've done it using tech, but kind of going back to how I was before, you know, this whole like waking up early thing was like, I would go to bed so late, wake up literally like eight 30, go into work by nine. Um, but one of the things that made me want to work out in the 
morning and actually wake up a couple hours before that is I just found myself in my past life when I wake up late and just start the day with work by the end of the day I'm so exhausted that I don't want to go to the gym and that's one of the reasons why when I cut my year-long membership and I would only go a handful of times it's because of that like I wasn't actually planning the day and you know not that our, our work is so grueling but you're just mentally taxed by the end of the day that like having to put on gym clothes head out the door deal with maybe some traffic that's just the last thing I want and so I had to almost reconfigure my day where I do the thing that I want to do least in the very beginning when I'm still maybe a little asleep and that's the gym and it's been automated now in my schedule where I feel like I've been doing this now for at least eight years. years. Yeah. 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 So now it's like almost robotic, like wake up at like five, maybe five 30, you know, I'll browse online. It's not like I do anything. Like I don't read or like meditate in the morning, but it's just like, it's me time before the rush of the day starts. And then I can like ease my way into going to the gym by like seven. Yeah. Well, you used to say something in the past when you were describing this in that most of your day is usually given to somebody else Mm -hmm. for somebody else, for your team or your boss, uh, your family. But when you wake up early, that's time for you. And you Mm -hmm. get to start off the day by being energized and getting what you need in first so that you can be a better teammate, wife, you know, daughter, et cetera. It's like my version of self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's funny too, because yeah, sometimes like we'll have dinner and we'll be like catching up on a show or, you know, just kind of chilling. And then like 745, you go and like brush your teeth and just like, (laughs) oh, so I guess it's bedtime now. Dude. Yeah. It's kind of, well, lately I've been waking up at five. Like I've taken it a a little bit earlier because I'm realizing it's not enough time if I wake up at six. Jesus. And we get tired so easily now. Like yes, that's by true. By 830, I'm tired. I'm like, holy shit. This is like straight up senior citizen vibes. Yeah, yeah. You're starting to yawn. Weekends are hard, my friends. The eyes are getting heavy. Yeah, I can absolutely relate to this. I'm a lot worse than you about the sleep hygiene thing, but I see it crop up and like how pernicious it can be to stay up late. And like, you know, I love Reddit and YouTube. Like we just referenced a lot of content that we watch. Uh, so it's. I can scroll endlessly, like endlessly and stay up to like midnight one easy work. No problem. And the issue for me at least is like, I'll wake up later the next day. Um, I'll probably miss the workout that I had scheduled. I'll start beating myself up about it. Um, I'll feel a lot more fatigued and irritable. And I think the more irritable I get, the more annoyed at myself I get. And I think in that mode of thinking, it's hard for me to, be positively inclined to do something you know like it'll it's more likely that i'll skip more workouts or eat like shit that day and the following days just because like i'm more irritable and beating myself up and just like not feeling positive about myself it was just that one act of staying up late like monday evening or something can ripple out to all the way down to the weekend for me and so um and then during the weekend i'll feel like i need to play catch up but then that's when we're going to meet up with friends and the opportunities aren't there for me to like a cycle. Exactly. And so it's funny how, at least from my experience, the nighttime routine has had such a big compounding effect, both directions, whether I can clip my browsing time and my scrolling time and, you know, 
either clip it or do it in a way where I can actually like be ahead in pillow, eyes closed by a certain, you know, reasonable time versus letting it leak all the way out, getting a couple more spikes of dopamine and then just it completely crushing my week uh, from a lot of different facets. I think this, I was also reminded of this when we were having dinner with one of your old coworkers who's also starting a business as a life coach and he has a client who's a motivated young 20 year old who has everything down pat, like the mentality, uh, the work ethic, has a great job, but um, I guess was going to our friend, the life coach, like trying to understand what gaps and what areas of optimization there could be. And our friend had this client do a, like I think like an hour by hour audit mm -hmm. of what they do in their day. And um, this particular client, as motivated as he was and as you know, sort of accomplished as he was, identified like three to four hours a day that was just wasted by just being on TikTok. And it's not that like entertainment is a bad thing, but like you can see how big that kind of hole can be when you unmoderate it, like completely unbeknownst to you without even like, you know, realizing it just because it's there, it crops up and it kind of like eats at our attention. Yeah. Three to four sounds like a lot, but if you think about it, it, it goes by so fast. Yeah. Like I can be on the couch if I really wanted to and three hours on, you know, TikTok, YouTube, whatnot, easily yeah. just goes down the drain. Yeah. So it's these, you know, unmitigated pockets of time that eat, eat up your day. And when there are things that you want to do, um, it can, that's the trade-off that you're making. And so for me, at least the nighttime routine is a way for me to like put a hard stop and curb it, even though I still struggle with it a lot. Yeah. The other thing we learned was the importance of tracking and planning ahead, which, you know, we weren't doing a great job of in the 60 day. And so when we stepped into that challenge, it was a little bit like, uh, you know, is it a good day? Is it not? It's really loosey goosey. Yeah. And I think really like, this is the crux of it because there's nothing unique or special. There's no secret sauce. It's just planning, tracking and doing it and automating it over and over again. So with tracking, before we started the 70 day challenge, we went online and figured out how many calories can we even eat? Like what are the protein percentages, carbs, fat, just to get an understanding of like what, what window can we even play with? It's like a budget. Yeah, exactly. So we started off with that. Um, we took the dust off of our food scale, um, which was shocking actually. Just like learning, oh, this is one tablespoon, teaspoon, and just seeing like the actual food in those small portions to understand like, okay, if I'm gonna go to a restaurant, like I could only probably use this amount. So that's been helpful. And just using like an app like MyFitnessPal to add it all in, you do, something every day where you put in all the meals that you're going to have in a day to see again with the budgeting thing like see how much room you can even play around with so that if you do want to cheat or maybe have a little snack here and there you already know okay like this is how much i can actually use up yeah yeah i do it before uh before i eat because uh, like you said it's kind of like a budgeting exercise and I'll know how much wiggle room I have after these things. And a lot of the times it's like, I'll go into it thinking, hey, I really wanna have this food. Like, um, I love breakfast food. And so sometimes for lunch, I wanna have some fucking breakfast food. 
And so I'll plot out in my app, like, okay, I think I'm really hungry today. So I'm gonna have three eggs. And like, we have some air fryer tater tots in the freezer. I want to have some of that. So like, if I throw in like a hundred grams of that, like what is that going to do to my budget? And it's like, I can pre-plan it, like pre-budget it and then throw it all, cook it together and then just like take it down without wondering like, oh, am I going over? Am I going under? Am I leaving myself enough wiggle room? Uh, so that's kind of a way for me at least to be able to like have enjoyment with the food that I'm about to have, have anticipation. And it all comes down to like tracking. Yeah. And us being competitive people too, having something visual where you can see, okay, I was good for seven days, 10 days, whatever. Um, same with workouts. Like I went to the gym X number of days in a week it kind of gamifies the challenge. It makes it so that you want to be even better the next week if you fall off the wagon here and there. Yeah, for sure. You also mentioned planning. Um, I think planning makes sense when it comes to like scheduling workouts. You know, we are big calendar people. Uh, so we pretty much block off that time for ourselves in the upcoming weeks. But talk a little bit about like how we do grocery planning and how important that is. Yeah. I mean, we have a shared kind of notes app type of thing where we add in like all the things that we need to get and we kind of only stick to that. We're not like going into the grocery store, just like, Oh, let's see what's new and like walk through every single aisle. Although some people, they love doing that. Um, but I think for us, it's like an efficiency play. It's like, just get what we need. Don't get tempted by going down the ice cream aisle, at least for me. And just, you know, checking it off and leaving. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And not having junk food at home too. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because like, if you already have it, then you, you need to yeah. get rid of it. Uh, but once it's out, at least for us, we've gotten a lot better results by pre-planning our grocery list. Um, not going to the grocery store when we're hungry because <laughs> that's like bad news Disaster. bears. Yeah. And so again, it's like, being able to track everything to know where you're progressing, being able to plan stuff ahead of time so you have a strategy. When you combine those things, what we've started to see is that there is like an automation effect to it where this practice becomes easier and easier and you can compound their effects for, you know, like three, six, 12 months where that's where you really start to see some meaningful and like observable change that's motivating. Yeah, the planning thing too, like speaking of automation, we try to take the thinking and guesswork out of things. So the grocery yeah. store and making a list, that's one way, even with our workouts, like we don't just go to the gym and say like, mm, am I feeling leg day today or arms and like not have any routine. You and I, we pre-plan the workout for the entire week. So when we go in, there's already an exact workout that we want to do. We track progress through that. And then we we're out like, we're not wasting time. Yeah. I'm like following an Excel spreadsheet. Like I don't, I don't have any creativity in the gym. I'm just like clicking. This is the day. This is the box I'm in. This is the movement I'm doing. This is how many I got to do. And then just like move on. And so the degree to which we can remove the thinking component of it, I think makes it a lot easier to it's automate. Like yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, cool. So I love this. Um, since we do it together though, Another thing that we noticed some outsized gains when we tried to do the 60 day challenge is like the accountability. That's so not, been really helpful. Yeah. Not everyone can have an accountability buddy, uh, but 
because we are a couple and we live together and we pretty much do everything together, um, it's been very helpful for us to have this like shared hobby together. Yeah, I could, I can't imagine if I was doing this alone and you didn't want to. If you're eating something delicious in front of me, I mean, I'm human. Like I'm going to want a bite of that or I'll overindulge on healthy things and then I'm over calorie. So the fact that when we go grocery shopping, we're only fixed on the stuff that we want to buy to eat um, a healthy diet. It prevents me from like having cravings and like wanting to go into the cupboard and grabbing something. But yeah, I would say, you know, most people could probably find accountability buddies. Like even if it's not your significant other, there's your friends that you could lean on, family, um, highly recommend that because it's it's hard to do it just on sheer willpower. Yeah, white knuckling it usually doesn't end up working out. Um, and also that like hypothetical situation where I got tacos and it made you want to indulge, like that really wasn't that hypothetical. I feel like that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, us being able to hold each other accountable, feeling like you're not alone, um, can also be great to um, celebrate with, you know, like after you guys are applying this, you know, practice together, for instance, us doing the steakhouse after 60 days was a really important kind of motivator for yeah. us um, because it was something to look forward to, something that we can celebrate together. And it, again, sort of reinforces that this doesn't have to be this monastic, like monk-like restrictive lifestyle you can absolutely celebrate enjoy things in life you can just do it with you know these people that you do it together with um, so that's a really important thing that i think gave me a lot of joy and motivation and gratification doing this together with you yeah we've also <laughs> been slowly bringing friends into this not like a, a formal 70 day challenge but recently you know we met up with our friend Derek and we were like hey you want to work out before we grab brunch and so I mean it's obviously hard finding activities that are not centered around food and drinking and socializing but if you can get somebody to go on a walk with you before that activity you know check mark there with like getting some sort of activity in that's fitness oriented before something more fun yeah and I would say we really enjoyed brunch a lot more because we got this thing out of the way, you know, the three of us got to sweat it out. Um, we talked about each other's like fitness and health goals. And then when we had food, it wasn't like chicken and broccoli. Like we had a delicious brunch. Like mm -hmm. we got like, you know, good ass breakfast foods. Um, and so we got to indulge as well as do something really healthy and like productive all together. It didn't have to just be this like we're taking shots only, you know, only going to drink, et cetera. Yeah. And then last but not least, the fifth learning that we took from the 60 day challenge is being kind to yourself, which is so sometimes cringe for me to even say out loud because I have a really loud inner critic, but it helps no one if you're just talking really negatively about yourself and you just feel like you're not going to be able to do something. I think the positive talk can help kind of reframe your mind of like, just because you have one bad day doesn't mean your entire challenge is a failure. You can pick yourself back up and you know, it's the opposite too. Like just because you eat one really great meal, it's not like you're going to become this like bodybuilder overnight. Yeah. Um, I think that being able to see this as like a marathon and 
it's not this like mad dash to the finish and we all think about every decision we make having outsized impact which it's not it's generally going to be this aggregation of like small changes over time and so the most important thing and kind of bringing us back to the first point around being able to do something you enjoy is like the sustainable aspect of this lifestyle if you are going to get derailed by having a cheat meal or like you decided to go hang out with your friends and they steered you towards getting pizza like last night we had a really great time meeting up with some old friends and we had Korean pizza, wings, fries. We had some tequila. Like these are all, we have a red X on our calendar for yesterday, (laughs) but that's okay because life is also to be enjoyed in this manner with the people that you really love. And so not letting those things uh, invade your mentality and really beating yourself up about it. Because like I mentioned with the sleep aspect for me, when I start to get really irritable and like knock on myself, that's when I am a lot less likely to activate and kind of get back on the horse. So understanding that like one bad day should not lead to a second bad day. You can just get back on that horse by being a lot kinder to yourself and letting you know that this is a longer thing. This is a longer thing to like practice rather than expecting it all to kind of change in a day or a week. Yeah. And we're also setting the expectation that just because we do a time-based challenge that all of a sudden our bad habits are just going to be different. That's not the case. Like a lot of the things that we struggle with, they're probably going to be lifelong struggles, right? Like for me, it's like the habit of snacking after a meal, like having something sweet. I've never been able to curb it. It's been, I think I was born with it, (laughs) but it's, how can I, it's changing the mentality of having that be a thing I have to do and maybe reserving it for certain days where I can really um, savor that sweet snack. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I still struggle a lot with the nighttime routine. You know, even a couple of days ago, I stayed up till midnight browsing the Jets subreddit, trying to convince myself that they might be able to turn it around this weekend, which they did not. Um, So it's stuff like that that messes up my week in many different dimensions. I also brood about food a lot. Like sometimes it's 10 a.m. and I just finished like a morning meeting and I'm like, fuck, what am I going to eat today? And I'm just like thinking about food a lot. And so um, these are stuff that I struggle with still. uh, I slip up all the time. I think that's just the nature of the game. It's just uh, getting more reps in this will allow us to progressively approach the ideal that we want. I think also just continuing with Uh, The mindset theme, something that I struggled with uh, over this past month is, you know, having an injury that took me out from being able to do certain kinds of movements. Like I had a rib injury from jujitsu that uh, obviously took me out from doing jujitsu. But uh, even in the gym, like I couldn't really do a lot of movements. So there were some days early on when we went to go lift, like I didn't really do anything. But um in the past, I let that get to me a lot. And uh, in a similar situation, I would have been like, I'm going to take some time off from the gym because I just need to like rest up and, you know, kind of treat myself like the fragile egg that I am. But instead, I actually um, tried something different this time where I took a do what you can approach like any movement is better than no movement. And in sort of a different angle from the being kind to yourself, you also benefit i think from thinking of yourself as less fragile than you actually are um in that 
sort of moment when I was working through my injury, I did a lot of like partial movements, assisted movements. Uh, I was like, this is not going to get me anywhere near my like swole goals that I had originally, but it got the blood pumping. It allowed me to feel like I can do more than I thought previously because I was feeling so fragile from my injury. And this applies to like being sick when you're recovering from like a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, you're stronger than you are. Uh, you can do more than you think you can in that moment. And I think afterwards, as you progress back to full health, you'll develop a greater appreciation for being able to move in ways that I think um, you didn't really have that appreciation for until it's taken away from you. So that kind of like, I think mindset around being more resilient while also being very forgiving is something that, you know, we saw a lot of really great results from. Yeah, absolutely. You were taking small steps, but in the end, after you were healed, all of those little small steps ended up being one step versus like just staying static during that time and we kind of do that with meals too like there are days when we just have cravings and we are going to go eat out and grab something but it's like how can you um challenge yourself to not have two bad days in a row maybe have that one day where just go out enjoy yourself and then the next day it's like all right back on you know the usual routine What's been our uh, indulgence over the past couple of weeks? So lately we've been really into yogurt land. There was like this one day when I was like, dude, I'm kind of like craving yogurt land. So we went and I I don't think I've had yogurt land in years. So good. Now it's kind of been like a a weekly little treat that we get, you know, in the middle of the week. So that's been nice kind of like stepping out, grabbing that. Yeah. Unfortunately, they weigh weigh it for you. So, you know. Oh, God. I know. (laughs) It's scary you're like damn this is a pound yeah i I took down a pound of yogurt (laughs) and we've been looking into um buying our own ice cream machine oh my god the ninja creamy yeah i think we're gonna have to cop that i know i'm prime day yeah that looks really good we're gonna have to get it um i don't think it's a bad thing to indulge no it's, it's only human yeah and it's just like within reason within the right parameters uh within the right structure i think you can have both like I think you can have your goals and you can also indulge. Right. And I think the hope of us doing these longer challenges is that we don't want to be doing challenges for the rest of our lives. Like we want this to eventually just be the way that we live our lives where, you know, 75% of the time we're eating really good and working out. And then when we want to socialize, we're not like ravenously like trying to eat everything in front of us, not even talking to our friends. It's like we know how to moderate. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so I think for, you know, for us, for our close friends and family and, you know, people who are listening, um, you probably have had a thought, you know, at some point, uh, maybe it's today where you were thinking like, hey, I should eat healthier this week or I should go work out this week. And that even saying like, oh, I should has this, you know, de-energizing effect where you feel like you're not doing what you should be doing. And it almost seems like an overwhelming task to even start on. And this conversation between us, I'm hoping will kind of highlight that you and I are not special people. We are not like health nuts. Uh, We're not like nutrition experts or physiology experts. Like we don't know anything. We just have the internet and we want to get healthier and have started to enjoy it more the more that we do it. So our hope is that you who is listening may kind of see how this is an accessible practice that you can start today, 
tomorrow and that the degree to which you can apply some of these kind of themes that we've learned around you know consistency over time like finding doing something you enjoy having a a, a good healthy nighttime routine um, the importance of tracking and planning stuff um, having accountability buddies people you can do this with either for encouragement or competitiveness um, and also having the right mindset being really kind to yourself while also understanding that you're a lot stronger than you think if you can apply that um, you can get started today and it could be a, a health and fitness lifestyle practice that you can start by putting one foot in front of the other it's a really accessible thing that if you've been considering it we're hoping that you started today yeah i agree like those five things as hard as they are they're also fairly simple to take that first step um, I've definitely enjoyed talking about this today with you and for the folks listening and if you're local or even just want to connect separately, we would love to hear things that you guys are doing to take that first step into your health journey. And if you're local, we would love to do some sort of active activity with you guys. So yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next episode and see you guys then. Peace. Peace.